play with the uh, the remix of the song. This was the mm. first time I felt that it was a bad deci- an extremely bad decision to remix the song because the cold open here opens with an alien running through the forest, through the woods. He's running, mm-hmm. he's terrified, he's scared. Mm-hmm. I assume it's he. Then some astronauts appear with flamethrowers and burn him to death alive. Burn him alive. Alive to yep. death, I suppose. They burn Two, him alive with three, their flamethrowers. <laughs> and then it's, it's been a long time getting from there to here. It's mm. um pretty jarring, I suppose, would be the way to describe it. Bad, again, just a bad remix of a bad song that is fundamentally at odds with what the show is trying to do in a lot of episodes. You got to go, I guess you have to go like, I guess that's where the orchestral stuff works. Like the orchestral works for both comedy and drama, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like mm-hmm. unemotional, I suppose. But this is the opposite of that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the music department didn't get the memo or something, or like they were told that the tone of the show was going to shift, and they just like took took a shot in the dark as to which <laughs> way it was going to go. <clears throat> it's I mean, get it happy. can't get it can't get darker, right? Yeah. It's, it's an extremely dark series about space exploration. Yeah, it's 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 really jarring. I mean, it just it yeah. goes from the guy's like screaming as he dies, and then it just cuts right into that. <laughs> I don't think the original song would have worked either, but it would have worked maybe a little bit better than that. But anyway, let's get into extinction. It's an extinction level event. We're going to take a break, play a clip from the episode. We'll come back and break it down. That's a Vulcan bio sign. I'm certain of it. But these aren't human. Definitely not. Then where's the rest of our team? The only reason I don't have a search party down there right now is because you needed more time to analyze the data. Now, unless you can give me a damn good reason to wait around. When T'Pol called the ship, she said something was happening to them. She said they were being altered. It's possible she was speaking literally. Extinction is the third episode of the third season, aired on September 24th, 2003. It is four out of 28 in the Zindi Crisis arc, written by Andre Bomanis, directed by LeVar Burton, old Jody LaForge, in University State, specifically not known. It's 2153, somewhere thereabouts. In this episode, Archer, Reed, and Sato, Hoshi, just call it Hoshi, Archer, Reed, and Hoshi are threatened by a virus that mutates them into primal life forms. It's in a long, see, long tradition. See, that's... That's what I've been talking about. Like the show, everybody has too many names that they're referenced by. Because it's 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 Tucker, or it's Trip, uh, or Charles, right? Charles, yeah, Charles, Reed, or Malcolm, uh, Malcolm, Archer, or John, and like <laughs> no one ever, no one ever in a write up says uh, Will and uh, Jordy. What's Jordy's first name? I guess Jordy is his first name. Jordy LaForge. Jordy's yeah. the only one that really gets through. But like it's, no one ever references Will and Beverly. No. Or anything. You know, it's always Riker and Crusher. No, they're only known, the, all those characters are only, or Jim, like Jim for Kirk feels right. a little bit strange. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, Leonard for McCoy doesn't doesn't seem appropriate. Mr. for Spock. These guys, these guys have, um, they, a lot of them do have that weird double name thing. And someone coined the phrase that never trust somebody who has a double name, which is either of their names could be their first <laughs> name, which I think is fair. Maybe it says something about this series. Um, Extinction goes in a long line of episodes where the crew turn into aliens on an alien planet. There's been a lot of episodes that have done this. Identity Crisis is one. Voyager's Threshold is a very famous episode that does this. Hmm. Extinction says, we can do it too. And they do. You know why? Because it's great every time. Always works. Always works. When you want a, a solid three, a max solid three, you go, let's do the max, alien. Let's turn into aliens and just let's take it easy this week. solid three. Yeah. <laughs> they do take let's it just easy do, Let's do 40 minutes of freshman drama work workshopping. Who's the uh, best aliens? Um, <laughs> Hoshi's making the most decisions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would say they're the best decisions, but she's definitely... Um, making some choices i feel like reed's performances was cut or something there's like there's very little of him he has one he has one sequence where he doesn't really do very well but he's not really involved in a lot of it and even the um when they have him trapped in the decontamination chamber i feel like trip should go talk to him or something like Mm. there's a scene where he talks to him but that doesn't happen it's just trip comes in as if he's coming from the other scene he's like i couldn't get through to him i don't i don't know what what's wrong with him he's he's insane at this point um, extinction. What'd you think? Uh, I thought the last scene was good. Um, I don't know. I didn't really care for the rest of it. Yeah, 
Why is that? I don't know. I just, I think the, the body, I, I just don't like the body transformation episodes. I just think they are, especially when you do one like they did in this, where they zoom inside the body so you can see the x-ray of how their body is completely physically being changed into something else. It's just, I don't know why it takes me out of the show where it's like, oh, they've all been physically changed. And then after 25 seconds at the end, they're back to normal. Reminds me of um, the, um, did you play any of the new Mortal Kombat games where the fatalities show oh, yes. you the insides <laughs> yes. of what's happening as they're getting punched through the heart or something? It's uh-huh. reminiscent of that. I, Archer grows three hearts is the, there is what I right. saw when it happens. That's about yeah, it. Yeah. And his, his bones start expanding mm-hmm. and shit. And, I don't know. It's I, I liked the idea of what of what was going on with the the idea of um, your species facing extinction, so you create this virus to artificially elongate it yep. uh, or or preserve it. That's a cool idea, and I think it I think it works for the final scene for Archer's speech, which is good. But the way they get there, I don't know. I. Nah, I could have I could have done without it. I don't think they earned that final scene whatsoever. It was it was no. a little bit surprising to me that I got to it and I was like, you know, in hindsight, what Arch is talking about makes a lot of sense. Maybe that should have been focused on through the rest mm. of the episode. That this is like, you know, whether there's some debate about whether or not like a species is supposed to be allowed the right to exist you know like this is a fairly hostile way that they're going about things which makes archer's decision at the end a little bit curious too it's not like they you know this alien is sort of forcing themselves on you and turning you into them it's not like it's a friendly like please don't destroy us we're just we're trying to maintain ourselves so it's a little bit confused there but it it also i understand that's the entire point in that it's supposed to feed into archer thinking about earth and tying into the greater Zindi arc where he's like, I don't want humans to go extinct. So I can understand this species not wanting to go Mm -hmm. extinct. It's really too little too late. And I think that the main problem with this episode is that it's, um, after two pretty solid episodes in a new season, this one felt like an old enterprise episode, which is, it's basically half baked and they rely to complete the baking with, pointless action scenes it's like they mm. they don't want to fill it with anyone talking about what this means or what's going on or what the clues are or solving anything yeah it, it's that kind of an enterprise thing it's just like here's the idea who cares what it's about until the very end then we'll throw something in there but for the rest of it just have them run through the woods shoot each other chase each other that's good all right done yeah that was really what stood out to me that was really uh pushing me away from it is they're doing all this stuff but there's not it's not really in service of anything until you get to that end scene. But yeah, like you said, it's like, well, I mean, that end scene doesn't really give me a new appreciation for everything I just watched. It's right. just, it felt like there was, they weren't really talking about anything with this story they were telling until they got to the end. And I mean, if you like that, sure, fine, whatever. Um, well, what they're talking about like, is just how the the nuts and bolts of how to do the incredibly cliched to Paul is a Vulcan. Therefore she's not infected by this thing. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get her DNA from her really clumsily too. I'll like be it. honest. Bran and I pitched you a much different way of how he gets that DNA. But, uh, <laughs> nobody went for it. <laughs> I had a glazed stick at Dunkin' Donuts this morning, Brandon. I left me, left me wondering. I think um, the problem is, it's this like when they're sorry when they're, real quick real quick um it's brannon not brandon it's brannon you're you're for right anybody, everyone who's spelling anybody brandon in our is wrong. comments yeah. it's brannon b-r-a-n-n-o-n not it is brandon. there's no d in his name it's brannon which is a strange uh spelling but not particularly unusual um to paul's immune to this of course that's always the way this works the the alien mm-hmm. character will not get sick from the disease that affects humans uh and so they have this like really clumsy handoff sequence where they go down and see to Paul and she runs off. She tells them to take Reed back to the ship. They bring Reed back and then Flox goes, oh, you really should have brought to Paul back because she's the character <laughs> that I need. And then he's like, well, fuck, I got to go back down. He goes back down to the planet and chases to Paul around for a little bit. It's just, um, 
it's really just early Enterprise action sequences, yeah. and it's really yeah. bad. Where the previous two episodes have been action in the service of the story. I understand why there's action at this point, and this is just people running around on a planet chasing each other in circles, yeah. and it's really cheesy. Yeah, and if like if the aliens were interesting and not just like Bill Maher and Halloween makeup looking people, frog people, sort of, they're yeah. kind of froggy. <clears throat> um. And it just felt like. Well, it's also because they don't. They I don't. don't know. The infection doesn't give them anything except for this drive to go to a city. So it's not like they have an argument that they can formulate to be like, "This is right. why we did it." Because they don't know what's going on. All they know is that they have to go to the city, which is really probably the worst way you can construct a story to have any kind of conflict come out of it. Is to have the characters who have changed have no idea what's going on and have the change be. Not just like the end all be all of it, where like you don't yeah. want to be this. It's it's some kind of driving story process. But it's- yeah, it's like I've said I've said many times before. If the core if the core of your story is the characters need to figure out what's going on, it's not an engaging story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that can be an element of it, sure, but th- that in and of itself is not interesting because you're banking on the audience giving a shit that the thing they're trying to figure out is is interesting in and of itself, and usually it's not. Yeah, and if it is it's not usually enough to carry something like this. Um, yeah, I think there was plenty of opportunity, especially with that um, other alien race that shows up to kind of get into the nitty gritty of what's going on or what the metaphor, cultural or political metaphor they're trying to play with here was, but they the just quarantining, don't. which is topical. Yeah. To quarantine. Yeah. 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 The, uh, <laughs> we, we haven't quite um, in this pandemic reached the, the uh, uh, the point of flamethrowering everybody who doesn't have a vaccine, but it's early yet in the it's vaccine early. era. So <laughs> put your mask on or burn to death. Yeah, it's just a yeah. I don't the 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 alien stuff is really goofy, so it's not really engaging, and it's 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 so much. Look at how weird they are now that they're like, it would be a lot more interesting if they turned into completely sentient aliens that like with, you know, minds that worked right at this point. Cause it's always, Oh, now they're, they've devolved and and they're acting crazy and and they can't speak English and stuff. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's the same thing they do every time they do this. Yeah. And it's not even that they don't speak English when they translate. How big their brow is now and their hair is long. (laughs) Their hair is is very shaggy. It's it's very frightening. um, It's not even they don't speak English because when the translator starts working, they they speak stupid. Like they're stupid at that point. You know, it's like it's not even a lack of communication is the problem. It's just that they're stupid people now who Mm. somehow built a mega city, I guess. I like it. Well, so I was thinking about that and I. I do find the talking stupid to be annoying because that's what they always do with this stuff. But I was thinking about it from the standpoint of, okay, they built this virus to recreate their species. I'm sure that doesn't necessarily mean they'd be able to do it to the highest version. You know what I mean? Like it's so this a, is, this is not what the aliens actually look like. This is some yeah, bad version or, or of at it. least, or at least it's not, it's not the prime example of the evolution of this species, so to kind of, you know what I mean? So mm. it's like what they're getting, what they're turning into is, is, uh, is not the full, not the full dose, I guess. Of, not the, of not the, would... not the Greco Romans, uh, that they have walking yeah. around in the that, that city was so <laughs> weird because I'm pretty sure it was CGI, but it looked like, a, it looked more like a model. Mm-hmm. Like it looked like I was waiting for someone to pop up from the middle, like it was a train set. Right. Yeah. And just be like, put their, you know, put their head on the thing and be like, oh, it's, it's charming. Like, it was CGI so bad. 505. CGI so bad it looked like wooden blocks, basically. Yes, basically. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. Yeah. And you don't get a good close up of the aliens or whatever, but it looks like an advanced civilization. Mm. And it's just, it's one and of those. I, I was ahead. just going to say, I like, I like that idea. I, I like the idea of, okay, advanced, because clearly they were advanced enough to create this. The virus virus that extends their species so i like the idea of a very advanced people who create this thing that 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 does the job but it doesn't do the whole job like it's not turning people from captain archer into jor-el from krypton Mm. even though it would be different so maybe i don't know who knows but 
Like I, I, I kind of get the track that they, I think they were on, but again, I just, I don't need to see them jumping around eating maggots out of fucking coconuts. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I guess they, did they get LeVar Burton? Cause he has experience with this guy. Yeah, he's done this episode. He's like, you know yeah. what? I know exactly what was missing the first time. So let me make a worse version. I think identity crisis is at least creepy, but this doesn't even have mm. that going for it. I Unf- guarantee you, I guarantee you somewhere there's like a behind the scenes thing where they were like, yeah, what, where uh, uh, Bacula was like, yeah, what was really cool is we had two days to really just work with a movement coach about how these things would work. And it, it all looks like, you know, regional experimental theater. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean paula abdul came in and just really showed us how to move you know and how to get those throw those weird angles with our bodies to make us look more alien (laughs) i thought archer was pretty good uh as the alien i think none of them yeah it wasn't wasn't bad none none of them have to excel or anything like that um i did like the idea of it's a virus that isn't correct for them. It's a little bit of a metaphor of like the uh, atomic bomb or something like a civilization builds the ultimate device that undoes them in the long run. Mm-hmm. I guess these guys died anyway, uh, dependent on something else. But it's a uh, it's another kind of lazy Star Trek trope, which is not really exciting to watch at this point, particularly in Enterprise, where the other aliens show up and they're like, um, you know, this plague has been here for 200 300 years like we just can't you can't cure it and flocks walks in and goes like i cured it and they go oh, oh <laughs> yeah shit um <laughs> 35 seconds he's got it all nailed down it's like you know and i feel like those are the cracks like the um the virus not being designed to do what it eventually does the these aliens not looking for a cure when it's clearly mm. out there I feel like those are the cracks in the story that the the show should try to break because that's like yeah. the the interesting bits of it, but they just they leave them alone and they just hang up the generic story on those hooks and it's like um, we you've seen these episodes before just do something a little bit different with it and those feel like they're the spaces for it and they just they. Not that they never, because this season has been different, but it's like, it's the third episode. Why are you falling back onto this already? Like, you right. should be still running from your summer break into it. It's just a little bit depressing. Yeah, it seemed like the link was a little bit tenuous in this one, too. Where to the Zindi like, uh, thing? <clears throat> yeah, they, is that why they, they go there because they pick up a Zindi ship or something? Is that yeah, the the, I guess I, one of the Zindi crashed there and got turned into aliens. I don't think he was the guy at the start, but I don't know because uh, they say that they scan the bodies and he's not Zindi or they they aren't currently Zindi, something like that. Mm. I mean, yeah, and then later on, later on, I forget who it is. Uh, I think it's Trip talking about why this is happening, and <laughs> Flux is like, "Well, I don't know. The expanse is pretty weird." Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Uh, that's the best you got this this could have happened in episode three of season one or two I, you got to do better than this guys and i'm going to uh spoil a patreon comment now just because i didn't i didn't realize it but it's it is completely 100 percent true it's latte librarian says it seems like the cure to a mutagenic virus that has attacked and terrified a whole society to the point that they burn each other alive alive would be a great item to trade for say the location of the zindi <laughs> That's just, a really, really good point. Which yeah. is true. He he does not he does not barter with that alien species whatsoever after curing them of if not something that's been plaguing them, something that they've had to spend their resources preventing from getting off of this planet or something. So mm-hmm. he doesn't I'm want to I'm not trade even it. totally sure. And she gave it a two out of five, basically. So I just finished off her comment there. Go ahead, sorry. I'm not even totally sure why anybody cares. Like what's what? what's the deal? What's the deal with this alien group and this planet? Do they live there? No, I don't think so. I think there's some. I think they're just there to protect it. I've just I would be like nuke it from, from orbit what? and yeah, leave who, it or, leave it alone. Yeah. Or secondly, who gives a shit if they turn into these creatures? Oops, not, not your problem. <laughs> well, yeah. Like what? What? What damage is that guy? The guy in the the contamination suit that gets the hole in it that starts turning into what damage is he going to do to your crew? If you just fucking leave him there, right? It doesn't seem yeah. to, nobody else seems to be there because if you stay there, you turn into one of these guys. No, it's so a, who cares? Yeah, I, I agree. And it's just inspiring me. And me now this is the kind of thing where, um, in a better star Trek show, they always run into a beacon 
that gives them a warning before the bad thing happens. Like they go to sure. a planet and there's yeah. a beacon. It's like, don't come to this planet. And then they mm-hmm. beam down and they turn into frog people. Or, I mean, at the very least, that there's maybe an interesting answer there, like a political or cultural answer there, you know? It, uh, <clears throat> instead of just, or I should say, like it's the, the reason for them being so uh extermin extermination minded extermination right, yeah, happy exterminatory mm. uh towards this group could be an interesting plot beat as you know sure. but they don't go into it at all and it doesn't become part of the larger story and <clears throat> like you could cuz i mean could you not draw a parallel with the mission that Enterprise is currently on with and the mindset of Archer with what these people are doing to this uh, this race that's decided to turn itself into a spore virus. Yeah. Like that isn't that the the far end of this Ahab like quest, you know, to destroy everybody. Yes. Um, which is kind of what, what he gets into a little bit in that speech at the end. But again, I don't think it's paid enough service to really uh, uh, elevate the episode much much higher yeah I, it's just that um those guys the aliens who guard the planet just come in to deliver the exposition as to what is going on on that planet like right. there, there's no there's no internal conflict with them it's not like it's a thing where they accidentally unleash this on a planet that was not suspecting and they killed everybody mm. on that and they feel kind of guilty and that's why they have to protect like some kind of motivation for them to be on guard of this thing and be like you can't you can't go down there because this is bad stuff and we're responsible and that's why we go out of our way to protect it it's just they show up and they say you can't leave you got to quarantine at the airport for 2 weeks and then that's it pretty much they cure it flux cures it in 30 seconds because he put his mind to it and he, he got it done because they had a Reminded Vulcan, I guess. Me a little, what's that? They had a Vulcan. I guess that's the, the, yeah. these aliens have been missing a Vulcan, and the Vulcans are necessary. It reminded me a little bit of. Did you see Alien Covenant? Um, no, I don't. Is that, that's not the first one, one right? No, that, that no, I didn't see it's it. a, the sequel to Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Well, they the the thing they did in both of those movies is they uh, because they were prequels to Alien, they had to come up with all these different ways for people to get infected with aliens before without doing the face hugger thing because that didn't exist yet. Right. And in Alien Covenant they do a thing very similar to this where uh the there's some there's spores that are inhaled from the uh the plant life on the planet that cause the the gestation of the uh, it's actually probably the best scene in the movie because instead of coming out through the chest, it actually comes out through the guy's back mm-hmm. and he like, you know, cracks in half. It's it's really cool. Didn't love the movie overall, but love that scene. love that sequence. Love the plant spore. Yeah, it's just is what it is. Um, real great, real great uh, advertisement for why you wear your suits when you go down to a planet, even if it, it's an M class planet. Yeah, been- <laughs> they're still learning. It's, this is all yeah. not protocol yet. There's no, there's no SOP that they have to follow at this point. Yeah, just wear your suits. Just wear your suits. It's fine. Um, anything else about this one? Uh, we talked about the alien civilization. Talked about the bad acting. Talked about T'Pol. Talked about Flock securing it. We didn't talk all about T'Pol. No, uh, you know is there I'm something? Saying. Is this is Brandon? Is there something else we're missing? No, it's just it's just they open with another uh, pressure oh, they point do. sequence. Yeah, developing a relationship. Right, that's what's happening here. I I guess. Yeah, it's still it's still, this one is this one I liked more than the first one because this one felt a lot more appropriately clinical. Yes, even though. T'Pol is still dressed in like underwear pajamas, basically. Yep. yep. <clears throat> um, it was it was a little bit more clinical on her end, and you know, it, a little bit more professional, me, less of a yeah, a little less bit of a joke, I guess, yeah. as the first one. It's it's still it, it was, except for the fact that she's dressed that way. Um, it does seem like there is no. Interestingly, as they're trying to build a relationship, it seems there is no sexual tension between them in this one, mm. unlike the, the other one, which was sort of awkwardly built around the fact that this is like having sex. Um, mm. And it's it's there, I suppose. They're, they're going to keep doing this. I don't I don't know. I, don't know I am also is. finding it really interesting how T'Pol has gone from 
wearing almost exclusively one outfit for the for two seasons into every scene she's in she's got a different tracksuit on every now. color of the rainbow white she goes to the jungle yeah. planet in bright white which is an interesting decision <laughs> well she she went she she gets called to the bridge and she shows up at the bridge in like a powder blue one yep with charger zipper san diego down. classic san diego charges yeah. up <laughs> with the zipper down like mid chest mm-hmm. and then they're like we need to go down to this planet and find out what's going on she apparently changed her clothes before they left. So she puts on the white one that's, you know, she keeps that one zipped up all the way because they're going to an alien planet. Who knows what you're going to yeah. find down there? You don't want to show up the bride either. You got to zip it up when you're white. You're white yeah. outfit. Yeah. It's- you wear the white tracksuit, but you just keep it zipped up for the bride. <laughs> you know? I don't think there's anything else to this one. It's a pretty simple episode. Yeah. Um, do I want to talk about the ending for just a minute before we go to final thoughts? Um, I feel that I, I just feel that the, the Archer ending is kind of an enterprise trope. It also reminds me a little bit of TNG's early seasons when they would end episodes that way. They would kind of try mm-hmm. to make the point. I, I just, I, just, I don't really understand it. It just seems like it's bad writing where you have to hit the point right on the head at the end because you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't do anything with it the whole way through this 45-minute episode. And do you, do you like the ending idea here? With Archer trying to protect even this virus as some sort of like remnant of a species that is long gone, should he have mentioned Earth's potential future at this point? Is this something in a non-streaming era binge show that you should probably remind the audience why Archer feels this way? Is that relevant at this point? Is that a bad choice to not mention Earth or something like that? Um, I mean, if I guess... I guess you only need to mention Earth if you don't know why they're out there, um, which I guess is a coin flip at this point yeah. uh, in television history. But um, I like I actually do like the idea because it is I think the 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 contrast in that scene is that Phlox doesn't have the experience that Archer has um, of being one of them and also seeing what their civilization used to be. So Flocks just sees it as a virus, whereas Archer recognizes it as the last remnants of a a lost culture. Yeah. So I do do like that idea. Um, I think the problem with these end-of-episode speeches that they throw on on some of these lesser uh, episodes, though, is... Yeah, they do they do spell things out and kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit too much, but I think I think you end up coming away thinking they are better than they not not minding that stuff as much because after they come in an episode where nothing seemed to be about anything. Right. So to have them kind of make a statement, you go, "Oh, that's actually really interesting." Mm-hmm. As opposed to if it was a good episode, you wouldn't need to do that. You could do something a little bit more abstract or something and have the, the, the story make the point for you. Right. So it's a little bit um, of a cheat to stick it at the end when so, people yeah. are going to remember it. You'll remember the ending um, and things like that. I mean, but well, we, we've had episodes say, that are like, um, we've made the claim before that some episodes are saved in the last five minutes. And I think that mm-hmm. there's a difference there, which is that, the episodes that are saved in the last five minutes are ones that it's going okay all the way through, but then the last scene is something that ups the ante a little bit for right. it, and it's like okay, right. that that was a. I understand that ninety five percent of that was all set up to get to that moment, and you kind of earned it there. Uh, I wish it could have been spread out a little bit more, but that's the way that the script worked. Here, it just felt like a. The episode itself would not fundamentally change if you took that scene out. Right. It's just a tag that they stuck onto it to sort of hit the point home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a difference between saving the episode and excusing the episode. Sure. And I think this one is more of an excuse for the episode. We'll call it a day there then. Let's play another clip from Extinction. We'll take a break. Then we'll come back, read some patron thoughts, and give our final thoughts about Extinction. We came out here to stop the Zindi from destroying humanity. I'll be damned if I'm going to have a hand in destroying another race in the process. Put it on ice, Doc. 
in stasis, whatever. Understood? Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of Star Trek Enterprise's third season and the third episode, Extinction. If you want to support the show, you go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's the best way to do it. You get a couple bucks a month. Give a couple bucks a month and you get extra stuff, extra podcasts. You get, about- you get no money for doing this. You, get, no, you do not no. get a couple bucks a month. <laughs> we, we're, it's, a, it's a lose-lose. We got Iron Man coming out. We've got Ultimate Computer, which came out earlier we this could, month. Could we, could we set our Patreon up more like a pyramid scheme where like you give us money and you get some back, but it's really going to be worth it if you can get more people to join us. Yeah, recruit more patrons, and then we'll send you a, a box of uh, protein powder every month, and you can do what you will with it. And any profit you make not, off that protein is yours. Not in a package, just a box full of powder. <laughs> and if it changes you into an alien frog creature, it's not my problem. Yes. Um, thank you, patrons. Patreon.com slash the Penske file is where you want to go. Iron Man's this month, Ultimate Computer, we revisited for TOS. We got a whole bunch of other stuff. There's like 90 podcasts out there. If you want to support the show and you want to see more Voyager coverage, Patreon is the way to go. Get to a certain amount. We'll cover Patri- or Voyager in full, not just a tease, which is the things we do for love. And then um, that's about it for Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Thank you very much. Um, and now. I give a special shout out to our captain tier patrons. Special thank you goes to Ben Douglas, who Ben recently changed his pledge amount after being like basically a super patron for a while. So we went down to a more reasonable amount. But Ben, I don't think you selected your tier. So if you are interested in getting the stuff, make sure you select um, the captain tier as well as your pledge amount. So special thanks to you. That's the kind of that's the kind of monetary calling out and shaming we do here at the Penske file. Ben has uh, Ben has been extremely generous these past couple uh, years and mm. so I just I, if Has he's not been. getting what uh, he deserves he well deserves it I'll have to like hand mail a USB drive of the podcast <laughs> to him Tark Latif especially thank you Joint Mango can Cal we, Barrett can we make an NFT out of the podcast and that's where I hear those are worth I, money I, I, I don't understand that, <laughs> I've been but. reading the discord chat and I still have not summoned up the courage to read any of the articles about what that means for me and my family Kyle Barrett Mike Burnett, Michael Pond, Matthew Ross, Andrew Trollog, Samuel Custer, Cardinal Doomsday, Matt Cutler, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Christian Pouch, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Darth Moss, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Vault 13 Hero, Russell Elge, Rune Venler, HH28, Stefan Minton, Derek Zajak, Paul Roscoe, Jacob123, Point XRG, Nick the Rat, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Sanchon, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, Gropler, John Zorn, Corey Martin, Patrick Siebel, William Scheisler, Rahan Jaffer, Soylent Blue, Zane Majors, Dave Davies, Retail, Olivier Pardieu, Worf's Tiny Brown Dicks, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunter's EWNF remixes, Captain Mick, I knew this one, Mick Munchausen, I think Captain Mick Munchausen and James McLennan. Thank you very much, guys, for supporting the show and being very generous. All right, let's mm-hmm. go to patient thoughts. If you're a patient, you can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes when we read them. Jakey's Gamer <coughs> says, oh, I guess I should clarify, you do this on Patreon, on Patreon. So if you become a patron, go to there's a post on the top of our page, and it has all the episodes listed for the season that we're about to cover, and you can leave your comments there. I Do- mean, you can tell whoever you want your thoughts on these Enterprise episodes, that's right. and I'm sure that's a great way to end a relationship. But <laughs> if you want them read right on the show, you have to do it through Patreon. Is Galen watch any of these? Uh, yeah, she actually watched this one with me. Yeah. Oh, really? Every every now and then. Usually, if it's if it's something I have to watch in a very specific time. And there's nothing else like we can use the TV for. Sure. Usually that's when she watches them. <laughs> so we watched this one at dinner tonight. Does she have any thoughts about these things? Um, doesn't care enough. It's fine if she doesn't care enough. Amy doesn't care enough. She just she, gives me occasional comments. Her her one consistent comment is how much she likes flocks mm-hmm. because usually what her comments are as we're watching them are some sort of like basic common sense science comment. Sure. That cause she she's a scientist, so like that stuff sticks out. And she's then, developing like, a, a warp seconds, drive. <laughs> yeah, and so a second, a couple seconds later, Flocks will echo it, and she's like, "I did that's yep, he's my favorite guy. He's, the, like guy. he's the one." Now Amy just notices like to Paul's <clears throat> eyebrows, as we mentioned in previous episodes. Um, she hates the theme song uh, <clears throat> to Paul's eyebrows, and. <clears throat> She will always mention that Jolene Blaylock is a very sexy woman. Whatever she is, and there's always there's always opportunities for it to happen. Uh, but she always mentions that she's very striking. What a striking woman! 
Sounds like sounds like she's angling for you to get a couple of those tracksuits. That's fine. <laughs> I'm on adamandeve.com and I can't find a Tapal uh, jumpsuit anywhere in their lingerie section. Not in a not in a men's large anyway. <laughs> Jakey's Gamer says, Extinction, I remember the trailer for this season including a shot of transformed Archer creepily looking up saying, Enterprise. It definitely made me curious about the upcoming season, and I appreciate the show's willingness to get weird. Archer, Hoshi, and Reed's acting as the aliens is pretty good. I like Trip in command in this one. Overall, a good episode. Four maggot-filled coconuts out of five. Oh, no. Oh, no, Jason. Those Next. things were pretty pretty gross. The coconuts? Yeah. I just What really takes me out of it is when they hit it and it clearly breaks apart like it was designed Nothing to break out. apart that yeah. drives me a little bit yeah. crazy but oh we didn't mention the fact that uh, at the end when um flocks when reed is in the sick bay and he's like ah my stomach is chef's food isn't really sitting what should i eat and i was like pineapple, say uh, pineapple. but he didn't say pineapple that's why they have the science consultants <laughs> what did he say mega phil coconut i can't remember what he was talking he about. said like uh you're welcome to have some of my unhatched moth larva oh that's right that's right that's right next comment matthew ross says the best use of the translators to be sure this sure feels like a combination of many voyager episodes but interesting concept of a viral genetic manipulator a clear reason to wear an ev suit one thing i can't keep on seeing though is the paper towel roll behind flocks clearly a superior technology will never exist they should have been in bounty (laughs) interesting idea and concept Still a rather generic three lost cities out of five. What's the cardboard towel, uh, paper towel roll? I'm not sure. I don't know. Apparently, he just had a roll of paper towel in his office. I guess. If that's the case, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't. How do you improve on perfection? <laughs> is there a need let's to slow, make let's a slow better... down, Aristotle? It's, 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 it's not... Is there is there a need to make a better paper towel if the perfect paper towel already exists? No. What paper towel do you use? Uh, I think it's Bounty. Whatever I can buy in in the biggest package at Market Basket, I think it's Bounty. We, sure yeah, we, we have Bounty. I will well. say. Not the worst than a shitty paper towel, though. Okay. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah, generic generic grocery store paper towel is usually Just smears the shit. water all over yeah. the counter. You just If you want to spread some water, just use a generic paper towel and just yeah, spread that like, water everywhere. It's like trying to wipe water up with water. Yeah. It's not... I have to. I have to herd the water into the sink with the paper. Just like <laughs> yes. swipe it into the sink to get rid of it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Fascinating episode of Star Trek uh, is usually what brings on our paper towel discussion. Point extra mm. G says extinction Vulcan neuro pressure in Georgia peaches save the day. The Georgia peach. That's what we didn't mention. <laughs> he randomly brought some peaches into Paul took a bite and that's how we got the DNA from. Yeah. It. I was. I said there. Shouldn't they have had her DNA on file or something? You would think so. You would think that they would have everybody's DNA on file. To which my girlfriend said, well, just because it's on file doesn't mean it would be a workable sample. It might just be the readout of the DNA. Sure, they can make it. This is the 22nd century. They can just whittle that together in no time. Then she said they could probably uh, uh, manufacture it from that, so... We made the COVID vaccine in 48 hours. This is easy shit to do in, in space. I would have just gone into her. Um, it's weird he's eating a Georgia peach. He should have a Florida orange, if anything, because he's from That's Florida. True. That's a really good point. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't just bite into an, un, an unpeeled orange. It gives, it gives a humanizing thing Actually, to Paul bites the rind, and he's like, I don't know, yeah, on Earth Florida. Say. That would have been really that would have been really great if he handed her an orange and she just bit into the rind of it and that was what he used later. That would have been really great. <laughs> she vomits from eating the rind and he's he's digging it all out of there. Um, yeah, that's how they get the DNA. I'm sure it's been done before, but I really like the concept. Bacula, Kading, and Park come across as wonderfully creepy in the early stages of the transformation. In the current climate, I understand fully why some would work so hard just to eradicate the virus without much concern about saving others. Arch's comments at the end make me think of the probe and inner lights and how they desperately just wanted their civilization to be remembered. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking that a little bit too. Like, I think that's why that final scene works is because it has like a really kind of dollar store inner light kind of element to it yeah yeah dollar stores it's it's the same idea with none of the pathos of that. right yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh his current climate understand why some would work so hard just to eradicate the virus without much concern about saving others interesting 
Yeah, I, I assume he's talking about the aliens who are just trying to flamethrow everything instead of thinking a solution. I, I'd still just have a problem with Flock solving it after like a couple minutes yeah. of PowerPoint work or yeah. something that he did. Uh, thank you, Point Extra G. Next comment is Kyle Barrett. How embarrassing. I think we can add alien acting to the list of things Dominic Cading can't do convincingly, along with drunk acting, ill acting, pain acting, hungry acting, cold acting, hot acting, and, well, just regular acting. Berman and Braga should know by, now that, know by now that these types of episodes never work, and it's only the unearned final scene preventing this one from being an absolute stinker. After failures like Identity Crisis and TNG and Threshold and Voyager, why did they think this would be a good idea? Three episodes into a newly rebooted, refocused show trying to push Star Trek in a new direction, and they fall back on nonsense. 1.5 actors regretting their life choices out of five. It kind of it reminds me of how they do... Uh, <clears throat> is it Naked Now, which is like the second episode of tng yeah the callback to the like, tos episode that was yeah the like let's throw it back to this obscure tos episode for our second episode of this new show also as as we said in tng it doesn't work you can't have a the crew is acting weird episode in your second episode because you right. have no time exactly. that you've spent with the crew so it doesn't mean anything yeah. uh this is a little bit different because this i mean at least in the naked now's credit the crew acting differently leads to a plot and sure you know it's like this this didn't uh nick the rat says extinction yummy wet peaches why is archer decoding zindy code i thought he just was just a pilot mayweather in the captain's chair made me giggle strange are there uh strange there are any civilized aliens in the zindy zone why aren't they questioned about the zindy Archer's Archer's dedication is interesting that he's like the only one who seems to be working on any of this stuff well i his Archer's energy in this episode when he's like draw, bringing to Paul into the com- communications room had a, had, a, had a big feeling of like when your friend is like, you need to watch this YouTube video. Yeah. It tells you the truth, man. Yeah. Like it, it's like, okay, sure. Sure, John. Um, I got peaches to eat, baby. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is um, took me hours to decode there their spatial orientation software. It's like a frog, a lizard, and a bug were smashing the keyboards at the same time. This is the thing that we got. I don't know. I do like the way that command room looks. Just the lighting in yeah. it is neat. Um, but it's it does just seem like Archer's the only one burning the midnight oil to do anything, and everyone else is just kind of along for the ride. And it's, um, but I don't know. And I don't know why they don't question the Zindi. As a latte librarian said, this seems like the ideal... They didn't even mention it to those people about what they're looking no, for. No, not even in passing, no. Royo says, this episode heavily resembles the infamous episode of Voyager Threshold, then considered perhaps the worst episode of Star Trek in the entire franchise. In an attempt to achieve Warp 10, Lieutenant Paris's body spontaneously begins to alter at the genetic level, kickstarting a chilling mystery. Robert Duncan McNeil begins to turn in an excellent acting performance as he is inflicted with such graphic body horror that Threshold would win, uh, would end up winning a 96 Emmy for outstanding individual makeup achievement in makeup. Despite all the great ambition on display in Threshold, it crashes spectacularly in what now some uh, what is now considered a memorable so bad that it's good episode. I don't know what it says about Enterprise's unmemorable extinction, but in the end, I feel that the mystery acting and makeup is far worse than in one of the worst episodes of the franchise. Point five out of five. Wow. Grapple John Zorn. Sorry, let me roll down. Grapple John Zorn says, okay, can we talk about this Vulcan neuropressure thing? What is it exactly? I did some research on Pornhub, and I did not find any depictions of this Vulcan neuropressure, nor could I find anything on Pondfar, hot Vulcan stepsister, or denobulant wife swap. Is this a conspiracy to keep us from learning the truth? No wonder these aliens don't know how to reproduce. It's true. Can't, 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 can't fit a round peg into a square hole, or whatever they say. Eric hmm. Sanchuan says, after a decent start to season three, we have this silly as shit adventure in the tradition of Teen G's Genesis in that episode of Voyager where Tom Paris and Janeway turn into salamanders and fuck each other's brains out. And yes, that happens. Anyway, Scott Bakula is a wonderful actor, and I'm pleased as punch that he and Linda Park were able to put their drama class warm-up games to good use this week uh, when they filmed this goddamn thing. But I tend to really hate shit like this. It's scientifically improbable, not to mention anticlimactic, and it feels like unnecessary detour and it w- w- uh, could be a compelling arc for the season. Lots of librarian we read, brought up the Zindi planet trading. 
Captain Brazen, after watching two fairly strong episodes of Enterprise's third season and this soft reboot refocus of the show, we hit a bump in the road with this middling, rehashed, average transformation story that's been done unsuccessfully in Trek franchises to date. Rick and Brandon, stop relying on old Trek scripts. Please, you're killing the franchise. The lizard acting was okay. Perhaps it could have been better if we didn't understand them until they reverted to being human again. At least their clicking sounds would have kept my attention more. Though I enjoyed watching Trip Shine more as the acting captain, something that will be revisited. And also Lizard Archer egg-shaming Lizard Reed. It's not enough to save this episode from being a dud. Oh, and my 2020 PTSD came out hard with the alien captain saying your vessel is under quarantine and me immediately yelling at the TV, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm negative, I'm clean. Clean. A high two archer unnecessarily holding on to the last of the coronavirus because he has feelings for a dead race out of five. <laughs> and I think that's the final one. That is. Thank you, everybody, for leaving your thoughts about the episode. Um, some highs, some middling, a lot of lows, uh, the patrons this month or this episode, rather. Clay, what are you going to give this one unless you want me to go first? Um, I'm going to give it a two. Because I think as much as I like the idea and I like that final scene, I just the rest of it is just wake wake me up when you get to the final five minutes. It's a two for <clears> me <throat> as well. Really old style Enterprise episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, after two very good recent, like, you know what I mean? Like relatively interesting episodes of Enterprise. Uh, this one is a sad disappointment, really. Um, I like the alien makeup. That's about it. I just don't like these. I don't like these Enterprise episodes where they're just running around for no reason. Everyone's mm, just fucking right. running around yeah. constantly. And it's, no one has any. My brain was wandering. And it's just like, this is one of those, you know, the script probably comes in at half the normal length of a Enterprise script because it's just scene description of they run around. They run around. Yeah. They run around yeah. some more. And uh, it's really, really unsatisfying. It's still to my, in my opinion, what I'm, if the, series were to end today and I were to walk away and someone were to ask me what I thought about Enterprise, it would be that a lot of Enterprise episodes are not about anything. Yeah. That's like the, that's my takeaway of Enterprise at this point. But like, what is life about really? You know? It's a good question. Aren't most life events just happening? That's true. Are they really worth diving deeper into meaning that clearly isn't there because the existence itself is not really meant for anything other right. than to be. We're just in a simulation anyway. Yeah. Just reboot reboot the simulation and give me a better episode of Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a two. Clay gives it a two. That's it for Extinction. We're done with that one. We're on to the next one, which is, I think it's called Ragin'. Not not like your not like it's your college years again, but I think it's like a R A G A I I N something like that. Regine. Oh, not like Ragin' Cajun. No, not like no, not like that. Um, Gambit the Ragin' Cajun. You're reminding me of. Uh, do you guys have any um, raisin canes out by you? The chicken fast food place. Oh, I thought you meant copies of the movie. No, uh, no, I've never heard of that. No, it's on. There's one in Com Ave by BU that I haven't been able to go really? to in a long time. It was delicious. Delicious. Hmm. Great chicken. And I'm not, uh, we have a Chick fil A around here, but at Raisin Cane's was much better. It was like a southern spicy version of Chick fil A. Huh. I'll have to keep my I've never heard of that place before. Always I, big before BU hockey games. It's where like all the, the uh, hockey fans sure. would go. Just we don't gobble really that have, chicken. I don't really know if we have like a chicken place. No? No. We have a Wings. Sure, wings but that's, that's every, yeah, wings over, yeah. wings over Somerville, wings over uh, Brighton. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think we have like a place that there's a place, there's a place up the street called Highland Kitchen that during the pandemic switched over to a fried chicken place. Sure, just to get so it now out it's the called, door. Yeah, and it's it's really good, mm. but like there's not like a place that I can think of that we go to or is like oh let's you want to get some chicken you go to that place you know it's, yeah. No, um, I don't think we have any around here. It's a good, it's a good idea. It always like, um, it's always pleasant to have fried chicken. Mm. It's always a, it's a good thing. And, we went uh, to, uh, we went to stay out in Haverhill for a little bit, a couple months ago, and they had a place that was just pot pies. And I was like, oh my God, let's move here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen that before. It's just <laughs> pot, like many different pot pies as you could, you could think of. They yeah. had them. 
No, it's limiting. It's good. Anytime you go to a restaurant, there's like a 50-page menu. There's like everything sucks at this restaurant. When you go to a mm. restaurant, there's three things. You're like, these are all going to be pretty good. They mm-hmm. focus their energy, and it's not going to be defrosting some eggs uh, and giving it to me and calling it a sandwich did, or something. Did you did you ever see that uh, SNL skit with John Mulaney where it's about Pete Davidson ordering the lobster at a diner? <laughs> no, and it turns, it turns into this... This production of Les Mis, where the uh, the the lobster is, it, it's it's worth looking up. It's it's very good. I'll give it a uh, give it a look. It's very get done here. It's very strange. I guess we're done. Thanks, patrons. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. If you want to support the show there, it's a much appreciated. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we uh, go? This is, I think, this. We we don't have a rotten horror this week, I believe. I'm I've, out- I'm lost where we are at this point because we're so far yeah. ahead in Star Trek's. Well, uh, keep your eyes open for the next rotten horror picture. Well, let's show. let's figure this out. So this week would be this week is anomaly, and you have one coming out in real time. Mm-hmm. You have one tomorrow, right, or uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. whenever Wednesday, Wednesday, yes. not tomorrow. So yeah, so when this one comes out, one will have come two days ago, right? What episode are we on? Episode three. No, this is a week <laughs> off. We do not have it. You do not have a run horror. Last week okay. was the one that's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> and then the week the week after, you've got another one coming now out. Now in the future, the past has occurred. Um, yeah, so the, the most recent then Rotten Horror we had was, I believe, Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And then the next one after that is Dario Argento's Deep Red. And uh, we just started recording new episodes of Badass. So that should be out, I don't know. What month are we in? March. March. I would say start. Those will probably start coming out May at the latest, if I had to guess, if not earlier. And uh, this month, for our Friday the Thirteenth coverage, we'll be doing Friday the Thirteenth. Thir- Friday the Thirteenth, Part Three. Wow, that's a lot of th- sounds. Friday the Thirteenth, Part Three in three D, <laughs> which we will be watching in three D, and I'm mm-hmm. very excited about it. And the podcast will be in three D as well. Thank you very much, yes. everybody, for listening. We're done. We'll be back with the regime or region in a week. Until then, see ya. <laughs>